Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. not have recognized that, but that's actually a hymn in our in our hymn book. So if you know the name to that hymn, I encourage you to come out Wednesday and I'll give you a free book. Okay? If you don't give it away, Miss Ginger. Now don't give it away. <laughs> All right, so let's turn in our Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Mark and we certainly welcome all of you here today and those uh, listening by podcast as well as uh, over the internet at Facebook and all of the different um, platforms that, uh, that are available. We, we welcome all of you. And last week we looked at the, the story on the Sea of Galilee and how that Jesus, because he's Lord over all creation, spoke peace. And immediately the wind died and the sea was calm. Today we're going to be looking in the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Mark and we're going to look at a storm in the life of an individual. And we mentioned last time that, that uh, just like the sea, that um, it's unpredictable in the waves that uh, go up and down and up and down and all of the 
I gave you that fancy word, the vicissitudes, the, the ups and downs of life can bring storms in, into our own individual lives. So we're going to be looking at a case in where a man had a terrible storm going on in his life. But before we read, let's go to the Lord in prayer, please. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you for the beautiful gift of life that has come to us because you are a God of love, a God of grace, a God of mercy and compassion. And as we study this passage today, we see the compassion of Jesus in the life of a man who was filled with a tremendous amount of pain, turmoil, storm in his life brought about by the presence of evil, unclean spirits, demons. Help us to discover in this passage the understanding that Jesus is Lord over all. All circumstances, every life and every being for all of creation he is Lord of all creation. And Father, we pray for every person listening to this message. Suffering, filled with anxiety, struggling, we pray that they will find hope and peace, encouragement and healing. In the name of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for those who are without Jesus as Lord and Savior, we pray that today they will come to know him as their Lord, as their Savior. We pray that they will not reject, like so many in this passage did so long ago, but rather we pray that they will come to him and embrace him and allow themselves to be embraced by his love, your love, they will find hope, forgiveness, healing in the spirit, in the heart, in the soul, in the mind, and discover the true gift of the beauty of life in Christ. For we pray this in his holy name, giving thanks. Amen. And so beginning at verse number one, in the fifth chapter in the Gospel of Mark. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. When he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? 
I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he had said to him, Come out of the man, unclean spirit. Thus he asked him, What is your name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. Also he begged him earnestly that he would not send him, that he would not send them out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, Send us to the swine, that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about two thousand. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you, and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Jesus had done for him, and all marked. Tremendous, tremendous here in the Gospel of Mark. As we mentioned earlier, last week we looked at this, this journey that the disciples, together with Jesus, took on the Sea of Galilee. And, and while they were uh, on their journey, Jesus had fallen asleep in the back of the boat. And you'll recall that, uh, that a storm came up. And uh, no small storm. The disciples feared for their lives, and they they went to the back of the boat, they, they shook Jesus, and they said, Master, don't you care that we're about to perish? And he stood up and he rebuked the wind and the sea. Peace, be still. And as we mentioned earlier, Jesus is Lord over all creation. And oh, that we would be so obedient, because the Bible says immediately, immediately, there was calm. Here, Jesus and his disciples reached the other side. And this side of the Sea of Galilee, that region there, the Gadarenes or Gergesenes, depending upon uh, the translation that you read, and an area called the, the Decapolis. The Decapolis, a deca, is Latin for ten. It's ten cities, basically, that were Gentile cities. So this is a Gentile uh, area. So Jesus and the disciples make their way to the other side. And just as Jesus is coming out of the boat, he's, he's met by this demon-possessed man. Now, there were more than just this, this one man. There was at least one other man. We read that over in, uh, in Matthew. 
And so people try to say, well, how come uh, in Mark and in Luke they only mention one guy, and over in Matthew they mention two? It's because this particular person was the more prominent of the two. And as Matthew Henry says, well, if there were two, then certainly there was one. <laughs> but the point here is what took place, this, this, this interaction. But what do we see in this man? Well, first of all, it tells us that he was possessed. He was possessed by an unclean spirit or spirits. And what do we see in this man? The depravity of humanity. The depravity of humanity of a life that is lived without God. Without God, the human race becomes worse than animals. Because humans have been given a mind. One of the things that, that we have as humans is the ability to think and to construct. We've mentioned before that one of the things that, that makes us different from animals, we plant or raise our own food. Whereas the animals, if they're domesticated, they depend upon the farmer to provide them food. But if they're in the wild, well, it's that food chain. The stronger prey on the weaker and the more vulnerable. But God is the one who provides for them. But we as human beings, without God and the life, are subject and vulnerable to every evil and wicked that is in existence. And we see that playing out today, and we, we see that, that wickedness and sinfulness or the sinful wickedness and the results of that are playing out every day. Now it's my understanding that over there in Portland, there, they still have a section of that city walled off. Who in the world would ever think that in the United States of America that would be allowed? And yet, it's allowed. I was thinking in our, in our Sunday school lesson this morning how that, that Jesus was so willing, so willing to fulfill the Father's will, to go to the cross even though he was innocent. Yet he went to the cross and suffered for us as though he were guilty. And I thought about the police officer. I thought about the police officers who put on that uniform, both men and women, every day, knowing what they're facing and everything that's being said, sadly, all the way up to the highest office in the land, perpetuating a lie. That is wicked. It is wicked and it's wrong to do so. And yet they go out there and they know what they're risking. 
They're risking their own life, and they're risking going to prison for a mistake, if they make one. And yet you see all of these people who have rioted and looted, who steal and, and create havoc all across the country in these different cities. They're arrested, some of them, and they let go with no bail, no fine. Do you know that many, many people in those riots have been killed? Innocent, innocent people, innocent bystanders have been killed. And police officers have been killed. And where was the outcry for the police officer, the Capitol police officer who was, who was run down by that man who, who, who you know, drove his car into the barricade and killed that police officer? Oh, but see, he was a Muslim, so, so you know, that's announced one day on TV and then, because that doesn't fit the narrative. Well, this man's life was filled with tremendous wickedness and evil. And it was self-destructive because sin in a life destroys a life. And it makes that life into something that God did not intend. He did not intend for us to, to cut ourselves and to run around without any clothes on. Tell that to a bunch of spring breakers when they go down to, to Florida. God created us to be people of dignity. This man lived among the tombs, kind of like sleeping in the graveyard. And there he was in the tombs, together with all the others who lived in these tombs. He was depraved because of this wicked and evil presence of of demons. And notice that Jesus interacts with the unclean spirits. He gives a command for them to come out. Now notice that initially the demons did not obey. Recall that when he, he spoke, when Jesus spoke to the wind and the sea, the response was immediate. He commands the demons to come out and they now want to enter into a dialogue with Jesus. But notice that Jesus is worshipped. Jesus is worshipped. Do you notice that? When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him and cried out with a loud voice. And what does he say? What have I to do with you, Jesus? Son of the Most High God. How is it that this Gentile man, you follow, living on the other side, knew who Jesus was when he came out of the boat? It's because it's the evil spirit, it's the demons who is speaking. Because the demons know who the Lord is. We read that over in the book of James. He says, oh, you, you, you believe in the Lord? You, you like to brag about that? Well, guess what? So do the demons. They believe in him too. They know who he is. And they shudder in his presence. They, 
They trembled in the presence of God. They know who he is. And look what happens here. They acknowledge him as the son of the most high God. That is a, that is a, 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 a phrase, a term that's used in the Old Testament to refer to God. He is the most high God. He is God over all creation. And the demon acknowledges him as that. And then notice that Jesus is feared. And he says, I implore you, I beg you, I beg you by God, do not torment me. You see, the demons know, and so does the devil, that their end, the future for them, is the lake of fire. You read that over in the book of Revelation. They know that that's their destination. Yet the scripture teaches that the devil roams the earth like a roaring lion, a roaring lion that's been wounded, you see, seeking whom he may devour. And these, these demons had devoured, they had possessed this man's life, and he was tormented by, by that life, by their presence in his life. And they now are crying out because they don't want to be sent into punishment just yet. Jesus says, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And then he asks him, what is your name? And notice this. And he says, legion. Now a Roman legion could be anywhere from four to 6,000 or more troops. Now what we understand here is, in a general sense, that there wasn't just one demon in this man's life. He was possessed by many. By many. Now, this encounter that Jesus has with, with the demons, with this poor man, and with the others, bring about differing results and responses. The unclean spirits beg to not be sent to the place of torment, but to, but to be allowed to go into the swine. That's another indicator that this is not a Jewish area, that this is a Gentile area, because the Jewish people were forbidden from eating pork, viewed as an unclean meat. They enter into the swine, and then the swine and the demons run down a, a steep embankment into the Sea of Galilee, and they're drowned. But now notice, the people of the region are filled with fear, and they want Jesus to leave. But, verse 14, so those who fed the swine fled, and they told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what, what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid, and those who saw it told them how it happened to him, who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him, that is to beg, 
Jesus to depart from their region. So they reject Jesus. Here is this man possessed by evil, tormented every day, and he probably tormented some of them. And instead of recognizing the good that happened in this man's life and giving thanks and embracing Jesus, they're upset because they lost some money. They lost some money because of that herd of swine that drowned in the sea. You understand? They were more concerned about their material wealth than they were about the healing of this gathering demoniac, this poor man who had been demon-possessed. There are people living today who are more concerned about material wealth and the ease of life than they are about telling the truth. Telling the truth about God telling the truth about his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you tell the truth, and when you speak up and share the truth, they want you to leave. They don't want to hear you. They don't want to embrace the truth. And they plead with Jesus to leave. Notice the faithful witness. He's, he's sitting He's clothed. Now, in the other accounts, in, the, in uh, Matthew, Luke tells us that, that he went about without clothes on. But he's sitting. It is, he's, he's calm. He's not cutting himself and, and you know, with rocks and, and stones. But he's calm. And he's, he's clothed. And he's in his right mind. He's in his right mind. Who in the world, in their right mind, would say that it doesn't matter how many people and whoever they are can come across the border into the country illegally? Or that it doesn't matter if they have COVID or not. And we'll just send them to all the cities and all the states. Stop for a moment and really think that through. Who in his right mind would say that a person who was born a man, a boy, a male, can then declare that he's a female and then allow that she-man, if you will, to participate in sports athletics with biological females. And that it, it really won't make a difference. Who in the world, who in their right mind would say, oh, that, that, that God approves of that? And that there's something wrong with you if you recognize that that is not true. 
It is nothing but utter wickedness, shamefulness, and a perversion of the truth. And notice, he also demonstrated an attitude of gratitude for what Jesus had done. He wanted to go with Jesus. The others rejected Jesus. They wanted him to leave. And, and notice this. It doesn't say that Jesus entered into some kind of discussion with these people. You notice that? He doesn't enter into discussion with them. Well, why do you want me to leave? Why, uh, can't, can't you see the great thing that's happened here? And why would you want me to He doesn't go into that. He simply gets into the boat. It's kind of like what he told the disciples when he sent them out. He says, wherever they receive you, you enter and let your peace fall upon that place. But if they reject you, turn around, walk away, shake off the dust of your feet, go on to the next village. A time to speak and a time to remain silent. A time to walk away. But he had an attitude of gratitude, a desire to serve. And then notice that Jesus gives him a mission and a message to go and tell. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said to him, go home to your friends and to your family, really, to all those who are within your circle, and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. You know, one of the, the excuses, the, probably the, the, the biggest excuse that I hear people say for not sharing the gospel with others? Well, I don't know what to say. Well, I, I don't know much about the Bible. I haven't been a Christian that long. And what if they ask about this? And, and what if they ask about that? Your focus is on the wrong person. Because your focus is on you instead of on Jesus. Notice what he says. Go and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had compassion on you. Tell him, tell them what the Lord has done for you. And he faithfully obeyed. It says he went, he departed, and began to proclaim in Decapolis, in the ten cities, where the Gentiles were. Some say that he is actually the first missionary to the Gentiles. He went and he shared the gospel. I'm thinking also about the woman at the well. You remember the woman at the well? Five husbands, and she was shacking up with the guy, and Jesus said, you go, right? And she went, and she told all of her city. Now, very different response there. They came. They saw the difference. And they, they invited Jesus to stay with them. And he stayed for a little while, preaching, teaching. This man went and proclaimed faithfully. And then it says, all that Jesus had done for him and all marveled. The people were in awe. 
This guy had a reputation. You know what his reputation was? That he was a wild man, a crazy man, a dangerous man. And now this man was preaching about the great things that God had done in his life and how that God had compassion upon him. And he probably wept as he preached with tears. Because his life had been touched, changed, and transformed by the power and the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was telling, he was proclaiming. That word to proclaim means to preach. He was a missionary. He was a preacher. And he went and he fulfilled the message and the mission. And the people were in awe at the transformation of his life, the power of God to transform a life. You take a life that appears to be done for, worthless, and transform it into a beautiful diamond that sparkles. Sparkles with the glory and the presence and the power of God the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Well, what lessons do we learn from this passage here? Evil is real. Never for a minute think that evil is not real. You know, the, the professors in the college now, these days, they, they, they write off the Bible, say it's filled with superstition and untruths. And any educated person, any truly educated person, could not and would not accept this idea of, of a devil. I remember when I was in college, I was in a, a sociology class. And there were probably, I don't know, about 200 people in this class, you know, in an auditorium. And the professor, you know, strutting around, etc. And he said, now, let's begin. This was the first class. Anyone in here, has anyone in here ever seen the devil? Raise your hand if you've ever seen the devil. And I tell you, I was really tempted to raise my hand and say, yeah, I think I'm looking at him right now. <laughs> but I've been told by, by a dear friend of mine, Brother Holmes, <laughs> he said, now, Michael, you're in class. You're going you're to just have to not say some things. <laughs> All right? He said, because remember, those professors are all human. And if you argue too much with them, they will lower your grade. They'll say, oh, no, they'd never do that. But you know what? They will. And you know what? They do. I'm here to tell you, this uh, 1619 project or whatever that they're promoting across this country, that is false. They are seeking to, to rewrite the history of America. It's the greatest nation in the world. And then you have these athletes who barely, some of them didn't even graduate from high school, and because they could play, because they could play basketball, they think they have all the answers for the world. And America is such a terrible place. It enabled them to become a, a billionaire. Isn't, isn't that just terrible? Living in some $20 million mansion, you know, with 100 acres in it, Olympic-sized swimming pool, and you name it. Wouldn't you like to live that terrible lifestyle? 
Evil is real. The devil and his demons seek to destroy, but they tremble in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now hear me. This is very important. A Christian cannot be possessed by the devil. Cannot be possessed by demons. A person who knows the Lord as their Savior, we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And the evil one cannot possess us. Greater is he, the scripture says, the Lord Jesus says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The Spirit of God lives and dwells within us. Hope, deliverance is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Deliverance. Now, the scripture does teach that we can be tempted by the evil one. We can be oppressed by the evil one. And the evil one uses other people to suppress us. We stand up and speak for righteousness. We say that a marriage is between a man and a woman. And God has never been, nor will he ever be, confused about that. That there are two genders, male and female. And God is not confused about that. And if you're sitting here today and you think that that is okay, you need to wake up. If you think that all of this nonsense that is going on in this world, which is wicked and evil, is okay, you need to repent and ask God to open the eyes of your mind, your heart, and your soul, and to recognize it for what it is. Because it is wicked and it is evil. Sanity is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. The scripture says that we're to, to have the mind of Christ. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 9, and also 1 through 4. Every life is precious to God. Every life. Even the life that seems to be so worthless. Look at this man and the condition of his life. Yet, Jesus went all the way over to the other side. Jesus was aware of this man. Understand? That's why we have to be so, so thankful and pray for the missionaries. The emphasis of our church is, to, is missions, the salvation of the, of the lost, and to pray for those who go. God sends them because God reaches out to the lost, the hurting. And then we should be filled with an attitude of gratitude, shouldn't we? For what great things God has done for us and the compassion that he is that he showed each one of us and then we have a mission and a message now here's the question for you what great things has God done for you it's about the message and the mission is it not or are they not all one and the same. We're so privileged. We are so privileged and so blessed. I was thinking this morning, 
you know, when you think about the Lord in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and so willing to fulfill God's will in his life to go to the cross. And then I thought about David, because you, you often hear people say, oh, I really would have liked to have lived in that time. Would you? Do you recall the life that David lived? And reading from the book of Psalms this morning and, and thinking, the Psalms that David wrote. And yet, day after day after day, his life was threatened. I mean, he, he lived in caves and stuff for a few years while he was on the run from Saul, who wanted to kill him. And I was thinking, you know, the average person living today has no idea how dangerous it was to live in those days. Or consider the Apostle Paul, who had been beaten, stoned, left for dead, shipwrecked, thrown into, into jail, whipped with a whip. How many in here, if that happened to you, simply because you were a Christian, would continue that life? Well, we pray that everyone would. But what great things has God done for you? That's the message. Jesus is Lord over creation, and he's Lord over all living things. And the book of Philippians goes on to tell us that there is coming a time when every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is he Lord of your life? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. The invitation is, have thine own way. Will you allow God to have his way in your life? Now, just before we sing this hymn, we're going to pray. But maybe you're here today or listening by podcast, internet, and you've never made a commitment to the Lord Jesus. All it takes is a simple act of faith in prayer. I'm going to lead you in that prayer. Maybe you're struggling with, with some issues in your life. We're going to pray for that too. And you can pray that right where you sit, wherever you are, listening to this message. Maybe your life is filled with, with turmoil, challenge, difficulty, depression, whatever the case might be. Cry out to Jesus, and he will save you. He will heal you. He will help you. He will embrace you. Let's pray through this. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and we thank you for your love and grace. And for those who have never accepted you as Savior, we want to model a prayer that they can pray. And so as you're listening, pray this prayer in your heart to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I come to you, and I confess that I am a sinner, that I've made mistakes in my life, that I've done things that aren't pleasing to you, and I ask that you forgive me. 
I acknowledge that you died upon the cross, that you as the Son of God laid down your life as a sacrifice on my behalf, that you died, that you were buried, that you rose the third day, and that you ascended back to heaven where you are now, and I receive you, I ask you to come into my heart and into my life as my Savior. Lord of my life. And I ask that you help me to live my life in such a way that is pleasing and honoring to you. And I commit to being a true, genuine Christian. Thank you for loving me and for forgiving me and giving me eternal life, a whole new heaven. And for those struggling Christians, Lord Jesus, I come to you and thank you for loving me. You know the struggle of my life, you know the condition of my life, and the pain and, and the questions that I have, and I pray that you will help me. Help me in the areas of my life where I'm not consistent, where I have sinned. Forgive me. Thank you for your compassion in my life. Show me, Lord, in your holy word what I am to do. Empower me by your Holy Spirit. Help me in my weakness. Strengthen me. And help me to be an effective witness, a faithful witness of your love and compassion. Help me to take my eyes off the circumstances and to focus on you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. I pray this in your holy name, Lord. Let's stand, please, and let's sing. And if you've prayed that prayer to accept Jesus as your Savior, to ask you to come forward and to share that with us. As we sing, the invitation is, is God's invitation to you. So let's sing, please. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.